Luton captain Brian Horton looking forward to the prospect of playing in the first division? Oh, tremendously. You know, until we get there, nobody knows can, uh, what's going to happen. Nobody can say. I mean, everybody's saying we'll do all right, we'll do... I think we will. But until we get there, you don't know. So, a cracking climax to an extraordinary season for you. Yeah, we've got two games to go, yeah. We, you know, championship already wrapped up with two games to go. What a tremendous feeling. Welcome to my best 11 podcast. Today, for our season finale, we are joined by a midfielder who has played and managed, I only realised this earlier, he's played and managed for quite a few of the same teams. So, started his career at Hendersford, Port Vale, Brighton, Luton, and finished his career at Hull, and then has managed a plethora of clubs, which I'm sure we'll get into, including Manchester City. Today, we are joined by Brian Horton. How are you, Brian? All good, thank you. Yeah, watching lots of football. Um, watched Port Vale the other week and uh, they just just come off it a little bit, but Man City, I go to, they look after me great. So I witnessed the derby on Sunday, went there last night, which was like, if the game was over, won it after they won 5-0 away from home. So, but just enjoying watching games and uh, not having the pressure of, <laughs> as much from 3 o'clock till 5 o'clock every Saturday or 7.30 to whatever. So, yeah, just enjoying my football. Fantastic, fantastic. Marvin, how are yourself? And um, obviously you came into the dressing room after Brian had left. Um, was the was the peg still empty? Was he still held in such high esteem? No, but was he still kind of held there in such high esteem? People thought of that. Very much so. Um, Brian left, I believe, was in 84. Was it, Brian, you left? 84, 84 yeah. Yeah, and I joined as an apprentice in 85. So I probably would have been in and around like the club while Brian was there as a, as a schoolboy um, training and growing up. So, yeah, I mean, very um, spoke about an influential as a, as a captain um, through, especially particularly the years he was there and, and that like championship season winning promotion. So, yeah, I, I, I'd heard a lot and, and knew of Brian, but not actually personally sort of until obviously when he had left the club and our paths crossed on the occasion. Fantastic. So those people who um, don't know about the podcast and it's first time listening, Brian's going to go through and name the best 11 players he's ever played with on a park. Before we get into that, I'm just going to give um, Brian a, a brief opportunity to just explain he's got a book out at the moment, um, 2000 Games, um, which I know he's going around um, a number of clubs I've seen on uh, through pitch publishing, going through and around a number of clubs, signing and stuff like that. Um, just give us a brief explanation of the book you've got out, Brian, and kind of is it about management and playing or one or the other? Well, that was um, a guy called Tim Rich who wrote uh, Ron Atkinson's Bielsa, the Leeds manager, Kanchelskis, and uh, he's a freelance sports writer excellent writer and uh, he rang me and said I'm doing a book on Man City managers would you be prepared to do your chapter I said of course so he came round and we did my chapter at Man City and just talking and he went wow we've got some great stories and he said so he looked it up he went you've done over 2,000 games I didn't know that till, till, till Tim said he said you've obviously playing over a thousand as manager and then number two with Phil and director of football you've done over 2,000 games in professional football there's only two Alex Ferguson and Graham Turner ever done it, so there's only three of us ever done over two thousand games. Wow. So, so 
so then he said, um, do you fancy doing a book? And I said, yeah, but I'm still, I'm still working a little bit at the time. And he said, don't really do it till after you finish because there's always a last chapter, you know, and you need the last chapter, really. So the last chapter was when I was 71. So, <laughs> so not bad. So, so off we went and, and we decided to start, which I wanted to. Um, and I still keep in touch with my schoolboy friends now. I played, we played in the same team as me at school when we were like eight, nine, 10, 11. And I wanted to start there. I still got photographs of the team looks who were winning everything and oh, played for the, the district and then the county. And so I wanted to start there. And so that's what we did. And then to Port, to Walsall as an apprentice, getting free at 17. So basically through, through right through my whole football career. But um, he came up with some good ideas as well because he asked David for uh, plea to do the forward, which was uh, fantastic. I get on great, speak with David every week now. And I, I owe him an awful lot of great mentor to me. Um, so he did the forward and then he said, what, what would like to do is let your wife do a little bit, let your children do a little bit and let other players say things about you, if, you know, if they're good. <laughs> so Chris <laughs> Mossy came with me as, uh, into coaching. Um, uh, Mark Lawrenson did, did a little piece. So it's a little mixture of everything and all through my career. So, uh, it was, it was just fascinating because my memory about other things is not the best, but as, probably Marvin and yourself, you know about football, that it just sticks, doesn't it? And you can go yeah. back and I've my dad at Port Vale and games at Brighton and games at Luton, which were, we, I mean, the games at Luton, obviously, we'll probably talk about when it come to our Luton days were unbelievable. The three years there, as you were witnessing, Marvin, what we'd got promotion and then stayed up at Man City and stayed yeah. again. So went all through that and it was just, it was just fantastic to, um, to bring up. So what I'm doing at the moment, because I've done book signings to all my clubs except Man City, so I'm doing that one hopefully when they play Watford in April. So uh, I've done obviously Luton, Hull, Port Vale, Oxford, Brighton, and I, what, what I'm doing at the moment. So I still live in Manchester. That they've got loads and loads of supporters clubs and groups around Manchester. So I'm going around a supporters group. So doing a Q and A for hour and a quarter, hour and a half, and then selling my books to whoever wants to buy them on the night. So it's it's just given me another little thing to do. Do you know what I mean? That's it, just, just keeps you involved in football. And, you know, because I do miss it. You know, you can't get it away from the fact that I've been in football that long. And Saturday afternoon, that's why I love to go to a game, because you can't stand watching a programme with all the results coming in. And every every minute somebody's, you know, scored a goal. Uh, I have to get out of the house on Saturday afternoon. <laughs> Fantastic, and it was it was it um, was it quite a humbling experience um, having a having kind of um, what well, autobiography written um, or biography written was it a bit humbling? Yeah, it was, and and I think the the, the I think the good thing about it is that, you know not just okay if it's gone particularly well they're pleased with it. Pitch Publishing who who, did, who who are the publishers of the book they're pleased with that, but just to do it and bring back those memories and. You know, send books to the to the people that I've put in the book. You know, it, it was humbling. That's 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 a good word. It was yeah, excellent. And did it give you an opportunity to reconnect with some people who you haven't spoken to for years? Which is what some people say. I know we spoke to Ricky Hill, and he said that he gave an opportunity to to speak to a few people who hadn't spoken to for absolutely ages, and it was great. Yeah, it does. It does. Uh, for example, Mark Lawrenson put put in that. Uh, um, if I'd have had a bit of pace, I'd have played at the top level. I rang him, I said, well, I played at the top level, you don't know. I said, I've played at the top level for years. I said, so when I wrote my book, I said to him, he's the worst trainer that, that, in, that, I've, that I've played with, the worst trainer. So he rang me up and he said, 
what do you, what do you say? And I thought I'm the worst trainer you ever played with. I said, well, you are. I said, and you put in, oh, I've got no pace to play in the top league. So just a bit of banter, any good banter. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll delve back into it um, a little bit. I just wanted to give a chance to, just to give um, listeners an, an idea of the book that's out. So what we're going to do is we go through formation, first of all, find out the formation you picked, and then we go through um, the players giving you an opportunity to have an honourable mention. And listeners, you can have a guess on the way through if you can guess Brian's uh, best 11 with the clues he's going to give. So straight over to you, Brian. What formation did you pick for your best 11 and why? I'm going 4-4-2. Uh, I can't tell you who's out where, but 4-4-2 basically. It becomes almost like a 4-3-3, which we played at Luke when I was there. And that was the first time I'd ever done it under David Play because he asked me to be the holding midfield player. And I'd never done that role ever before. So um, we just, the, the, the players I played with at Luton, it just, it just gelled and we were, we were a tremendous team. The first year we got promotion uh, from the equivalent to the championship, we absolutely walked it. Uh, because of the system, people couldn't cope with the way we were playing. So I was the anchor man in 4-3-3, but then uh, before that, always 4-4-2, and then I went to City, managed 4-4-2. Other clubs have changed it slightly, but I, I've decided to go 4-4-2 with the, with the players um, that I've chosen tonight. Excellent. Are you a believer of square pegs, round holes, or if the players are that good? What, what's your opinion on that? Well, there's a couple tonight that have gone in that oh, okay. <laughs> play anywhere, so that might that might cause you two a problem then. Oh, <laughs> Somewhere somewhere else. Right. Uh, so I'll put down Mossy as centre-back then, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> Mossy, Mossy hates the fact, and it's a, it's a true story that, you know, people people go, he, he didn't like heading the ball. But if you look at the record when he scored goals, um, he, 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 he would put his head in at the right place. And when he coached, he'd always coach the kids to come and get in the six-yard box and, 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 and head goals. But if you asked him to go and compete with a six-foot three right back, he wouldn't do it. He'd duck out and gets the throw it, and the gaff would say that was clever play. <laughs> what did he say, Marv? He argued back at that, didn't he? Or no, he, no, he, but or did he, he played up to it. He mentioned he? he mentioned his stats actually about when he was on about how many goals he scored with his head. He, he scored quite a few goals with his head. He, he, he told us I don't know what it was, but it was it was quite a big number compared to someone who supposedly didn't like heading. So. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He surprised a lot of people. Surprised me with the fact that he scored so many goals with his head. But um, I, I can't give too many clues away, can I? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I'm just throwing that in as a, as a joke example. So we'll go straight to goalkeeper. So you can either give some honourable mentions before or after. Then for your actual one, if you can give us a few clues, um, see if we can guess them. My clues are: he was a fantastic kicker of the ball. Um, probably could today play in today's modern came the way goalkeepers pass the ball and strike the ball and it from players and pick people out. He was uh, absolutely life and soul of the dressing room. But most goalkeepers are because they are they are different, aren't they? Without, without Marvin will tell yeah. you with a keeper, some of the keepers he played with because they're all crackers, aren't they? They're all crackers. So um Was he Scottish, Brian? But then was he Scottish? You got it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Jake, Jake Finley, yes, Finley. It was a it was our choice because I played with some good goalkeepers at Brighton. Eric Steele, Graham Mosley played with a good goalkeeper. Uh, to a couple of good goalkeepers, Keith Ball when I first went to Port Vale, but 
that's years, that's 1971, so people probably wouldn't get that one. But then John Connaughton, who'd been at Man United, he played in, he was still playing for Port Vale when I went to Brighton in uh, in 76. So, uh, but Jake, Jake was, um, Jake was a top keeper. I mean, his hands were massive. He was just, just so big and, um, and, and like I say, which we did have, we, we had a fantastic team spirit. Uh, when I when I when I played for Luton, we used to go out together, play golf together, and Jake Jake was the life and soul of the party. He was just a great great guy to be around, fun guy, but serious. When it when it came to to training and doing what he had to do, then obviously you get serious, don't you? But uh, yeah. I, I've plumped Jake. Excellent, excellent, and and alongside a number of people, I think he's definitely up there. With people, a lot of people who picked that. What what's your thoughts on um, playing for Scotland? Do you think it was there were too many other goalkeepers playing in Scotland at the time, or? Yeah, well, I think Jake had a free from Aston Villa, didn't he, as a kid? I think, and I think he went on a free to Luton, and he was there obviously when I was there. Um, lots of good keepers around, and 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 obviously Jake had been playing in the in Division Two, which it was now the Championship. So they'd been in that a couple of years. So then we got promotion with Jake playing all that season and then the, the the following season and and you know we had to win at Man City on the last Saturday of the second season we had Jake didn't actually play in that game he was injured when we had to win at Man City which we always gave him stick about missed the big game <laughs> do you think Brian I mean not just only yourself I think a couple of other um, players have picked out Jake but and they've always and I was listening to you there everyone's mentioned about how he was good at picking people out of the ball. So especially in today's game, how the goalkeepers are being relied upon to be starting attack. Do you think Jake probably would have been a little bit, along with his shot stopping, along with his presence, would have been probably more in demand? Yeah, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, he, he could, he could like drop volley, you know, when he like drop volley, bang, and he'd drop it into people. I mean, we never play, we never, very rarely, uh, Trevor Aylock came later on, but, we had we had Steve White and Brian Steen that who weren't that big or you know we we didn't play that way did we you, you know you, you were there as a schoolboy you know how we yeah. played through the football club it was like David wanted to like pure football didn't he so yeah. Jake couldn't like just go bang up there and expect someone to win it well she probably couldn't and who wasn't bad in the air to be fair Steeny no Steeny won fantastic in the air but again both of them got goals but um, so we, he used to drop volley them in and it was like a it, 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 you know, when he did it, it stood out. It was one of those right. way things. Wow. You know, different class. And then Alan Judge was his number two. So Judge, he came in sometimes when when uh, when Jake was injured. Another again, another great person, Alan Judge. Great, great lad. Fantastic. Fantastic. So we're going to move on to defenders. Do you want to go right or left, first of all? Right. Okie dokie. So right backs. Over to you, Brian. So you don't give me names first, then? <laughs> no, you, <laughs> you, you okay. go for it. <laughs> okay, um, this is your show. <laughs> he was a, a very attack-minded fullback. Um, good on the ball, fitness fanatic. Uh, it came in from non-league, um, and very, very good player. Good footballer, good footballer. So, and he wasn't that big. If I say five ten, Andrew, I've got it down to two. Two. You say? I can even think, I can even think of one. Who's you, say the one I'm. Well, there's an obvious one I'm thinking of. Well, who do you, say the other one? Which you think it is? Then I, I haven't got. Go on. Oh, I was. I wasn't sure if you put Tim Breaker in. 
No, Tim came through seventy-year-old. Yeah, yeah. No. So I go on, Andrew. I think it's the other one. So it must be Basher then. You got him. Yeah, Basher. Yeah. Basher. Basher Stevens. Kirk. Kirk Stevens. Kirk those people who aren't Luton fans. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk Stevens. Yeah. Kirk. Kirk was a, a tremendous fullback. And what what he did when when I when I came and they changed the system, Westy went and he went to Millwall. Paddy Grealish went almost like part exchange to Brighton, and I came to Luton. And I said we changed that system to four three three. So basically, Ricky was on my right hand side, Lil was on my left hand side. So we didn't have a right winger. So we played. We always played with two strikers. But David used to say to me, if we're winning and you want one of those strikers to go out there. You, 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 you can make them so it become like almost four five one. But very rarely did we do it. But so Kirk always used to say, "Hang on a minute, I'm going to have two players coming down my side. And I've got left winger and I've got left back because I've got no right winger." And we used to say to him, "Kirk, look, what we'll do, what we'll do, as soon as the left back starts coming out, I will send Ricky over and I will come and take Ricky's place. So now we'll become like four four two. Oh yeah, and that's how we, that's how we did it. So so." Kirk didn't get exposed, you know, and, and he, he he was a good defender anyway, but he was he was, he was better in the air than than a lot of people thought for right. his right, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was um he's he's we spoke to him a few days ago and he mentioned he mentioned obviously having you as captain in the in the middle of the park and and how he used to be really good at the directional side of things. Um and he and I'm just gonna ask now, he mentioned the knobby stare. Is that something that <laughs> he said it right? I'm not as a fan. I'm not bringing this up. I'm quoting him. Am I? Am I out talking? Did he say this, Marv? Yeah, he said. He said he did. Go on. Yeah, tell him. Yeah. <laughs> so I've already said, mentioned it. I've already mentioned it to Brian before when we spoke before he came yeah, on a long he, while ago. Everyone. He said the knobby stare, and he used to get back in position. Um, how did you, did you? Is that just something <laughs> you're smiling so much about? That is that? Well, how would you explain the knobby stare? <laughs> well. I saw what Rob Johnson said also, the game would carry on and still be staring 10 minutes later. I just, it was just the way I was really. And I expected it back because, because we had, we had you know, high standards that if, say, someone gave the ball away, I probably, the stare would come out, you know, if somebody made a mistake. And I, accept, I, I accepted it back because I knew as soon as I made a mistake, I'm going to have 10 on me. You know, because that's the way I was. Because of, and I, I was like it in training. You know, Marvin will tell you. You know, you you you'll know that sometimes in training people are not bothered. Like you just said about Mark Lawrence, not bothered about training eight v eight or seven v seven, whatever. I was. I wanted to win. I wanted to win every day. I wanted to win every game. I wanted to uh, to be that way. So that's where the stare and some of the referees used to say that I used to stare at them also. In fact, I got I got booked once for. Descent by looks. There you go. No way. <laughs> On my life. And I'll tell you who the referee was, Marvin. You might not have played because you were a lot younger. It was Clive Thomas. You remember Clive oh, Thomas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, was he was a crap referee anyway. But, uh, <laughs> so in the, eight, in the eight, 70s and 80s, you have players diving in, two-footed jump tackles, barely getting a yellow, and you get a yellow for, for your look, for the knobby look. <laughs> for descent by looks. <laughs> Unbelievable. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, so we'll move to left back. Who is going to be your left back, Brian? This left back, um, very versatile player. Uh, could play 
not a front, obviously, but could play all over the place, defensively, midfield player, great athlete, uh, international player, and um, top, top, top lad. Was he a Welsh international? No. Oh, I know who it is then, I think. And do you know who it is? Why do you do that? You always throw me under the bus for <laughs> these comments because you have no idea. You just buy yourself time, Martin, Oh, I every had, week. I had, I had two. I had two. I had two. But, like, I could be wrong well, anyway. I always get these because they could be – because I because they shuffle across. They could be in so many different places. I'm going – you know, no, Andrew, I, I, can, I can put myself underneath the bus. Go on, then. Put yourself over I there. Just get Yes, spot on, mate. Spot on. Left back. Okay, um, right. <laughs> Mal could play. He could play left back. He could play centre yeah. back. Play midfield. Again, a fitness fanatic. Great lad. Very quiet. Very quiet in the dressing room and around. You know, for an international player, and obviously went on to play for Man United and play for Ireland uh, uh, many, many times. And again, great lad in the dressing room. We just had a. We had a fantastic team spirit and, 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 you know, Mal liked to drink, but quietly. Mal wasn't like a Jake Finley or a Kirk Stevens or, or, or whatever, you know what I mean? He was, he was always a, a quieter than one of the group, basically. Yeah. Um, there were quite a few, obviously, of, the, of that team that were coming through or that had come through non-league and stuff like that. Is that something that you came in? Were you brought in to almost be the, the leveller? Um, the kind of the the do you know I mean the kind of the statesman of the of the dressing room is that what you were brought in by Pleaty to do as well as obviously on the football side? I think so. I think Paul Price was captain because Price he went to Tottenham as I came in again. So Paddy Grealish went to Brighton, Westy went to Millwall, uh, and uh, Price he went to Tottenham. I came in, and th- that's what I say when he changed the shape and he he made me captain straight away, um, as I'd been all my life. Port Vale at Brighton, so always at school, um, always being the captain, and uh, I think he wanted me to do that side. But um, it, the gaffer was <laughs> the gaffer because sometimes it's great when you're winning and when we, we won the, the, the Division uh, Two title, and then we stayed up and had a drink after. We used to, we used to go in the players' lounge into the bobbers upstairs to have a drink, and sometimes the gaffer didn't like it, you know what I mean? The fact if we've lost a game that we're going to have a drink. But that's the way it was in those days. They don't drink anymore till probably, and 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 but it's too they earn too much money now to be to be drinking and stuff like that. But we weren't stupid after games. I mean, we just have a, a, a drink. Mal, Mal used to Mal used to shoot off. Mal was very rarely around. At that time, if we were away uh, abroad, then he would join. Of course, he would because he's part of the team. But he he was quiet in that. So obviously, but if we had a night out, nice arranged things, you know, golf days and. Um, a guy, a guy, good little story. A guy run a casino in Brighton, and I, I got to know him quite well. Not that I'm a big gambler, I'm not, but I got to know him quite well. He's a neighbour of mine, so I used to take, he used to say, bring Bright, bring the team down, um, Brighton team now to the to the uh, casino in Hove. Uh, I put a meal on, put drinks on, tell them to have a little bet. They don't have to have a bet. So brilliantly for me, the same guy opened a casino right at the bottom of Kenilworth Road. Oh, what, the, Grove, the Grosvenor, yeah, yes, and, yeah. and he said the so same thing. He said Brian, bring the lads down, uh, have a meal, put some drinks on. 
Well, they thought I was the bee's knees, didn't I? You know, arranging things like that. I've only just been there two minutes and I'm arranging things like that. So, but they all used to come. The lads the lads used to turn out in force wherever we did Christmas parties, uh, going out on a, if it was a Wednesday night, which we did sometimes after golf, then um, nearly everybody joined in. It was, a, it was a fantastic group of people. And as you know, we have a reunion every now and again and we've got another one coming up soon. So that... It's, it's unbelievable that so many of us have kept in touch all these years and have a reunion. There's not many clubs do that. Yeah. So you're talking about dressing rooms and that type of thing. When you went to be a manager, is that something that, um, firstly, did you find difficult to kind of pull away from, especially kind of going hull-hull as kind of going across from player to manager? And then is that something that you sometimes found frustrating if it wasn't there in the club with the players? Oh, so very lucky at all because I, took, I, had a, I had a good captain, Gareth Roberts. So when I went in, obviously I'm not going to be player, manager, captain, am I? I mean, I, I just just not, it's just not on. I mean, the, the chairman after a couple of years, he made me player, manager, director. I didn't want to be, but he wanted me to be a director. So I became a director, first one only. I don't think there's anybody else ever done that. And when he sacked me eventually, which we'll talk about later, I had to resign as being a director before he could sack me. So it's crazy time. <laughs> you voted against? Uh, vote against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the, so, yeah, so I wanted my captains to be that way. I wanted them yeah. to be, you know, if you want to drink out, if you want to go take the boys out drinking, I don't mind as long as you're not silly and not get in trouble. I wanted them to do that because for me, that, that, that brings the team together. And uh, they, they don't do it so much today because, because they can't, they can't, they can't do anything, can they? Like right. the boys in Man City players, Man United players, they can't move without somebody taking a, a photo of them. Well, there was nothing like that in our day, so we could get away with quite a few things. The gaffer, the gaffer used to on Thursday morning used to say, "I know where you were last night because people tell me." And I said, "Gaffer, I'll tell you where you, we were if you want me to." Because you know we haven't been stupid. We because mm. we 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 were professional enough to know that come Thursday we train again, Friday match day. But I wanted my captains to be that way, yeah. I wanted them to be not outspoken, but have a voice, have a, have, have a, have a say. You know, if you want to say something, say it and I'll back you 100%. Yeah, fantastic. So centre-backs, let's move across to the middle. He hasn't put Mal there, so this is intriguing. I'll start on the right side centre-back then. Um, international player again. Um, signed for £100,000. Went on to have a great career. Um, as I said, played for England. Andrew, I, and the reason I've said Andrew is because I, I feel, I'll give you a clue now, that he's picked someone where, where he couldn't pick Mal in there. I think I, knew, I, think I know his two centre-backs, but Mal could, have, Mal could have been in there, but he's, he's gone with these two in my mind and he's got Mal on the left for this reason. Yeah, you're right. You're right there. But <laughs> Mal could play left. Mal could yeah. play left back. Yeah, yeah, he could, he could, he could. Which he did, he which could. He did at least times. Uh, but this, the, the, the one I'm talking about was just a, an out-and-out centre-half. Fuzzy. Yeah, you got him. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. Steve Foster. Yeah, again. Um, you play with him at Brighton, is that right? Not, And a lot of Luton fans are listening to this and go, oh, I can't remember him playing together. You play with him at Brighton, is that right, Brian? I played for him at Brighton. He, he came from Portsmouth for 100 grand. Yeah. Um, good player for his size and obviously wore the headband after a few years but uh, people thought that was uh, a gimmick but it wasn't because it was like uh, scar tissue uh, uh, because right. he had it was basically and uh, again uh, great in his dressing room you knew when he went out on the pitch that he was going to 
put put his heart and soul into it. But he's a good footballer also. Fozzy, I believe, was a striker when he was a, when he yeah. was a, when he was a, a schoolboy and that. So, but so he, he he wasn't just a big, you know, raw bone centre half that would just kick it and edit, get goals from set pieces. Um, so I played with him at Brighton, and when I left um, Luton to go to Hull, David Pleat asked me about him. Tell me about Steve Foster. He said, "I said Steve Foster." He's a captain, he's a leader. Um, well, it, he said, well, I've heard this and I've heard that and I've heard that. I said, so what? So what? I said, he's a, he's, he's, he's a leader. What he'll give you on the pitch? And he asked, he told me the fee. And I said, are you kidding me? The fee, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was it was for nothing. And I mean for nothing. So he went and signed him and look what he did for Luton. And then I signed him again. I signed him again at Oxford United. When I went to Oxford, I signed him again there, just to do exactly the same thing. Come in the dressing room, get him on, get him going, get the team spirit going. And Fozzy, Fozzy was good at that. Fozzy liked to drink. But at the right time again, at the right time. Great lad. Great lad to have around the club. Yeah, no, definitely. Fan. Definitely, definitely. So, um, other centre-back. Let's keep going across and then I'll, I'll trip him with another question in a sec. Let's go to the other side and see if Marv's got the pairing correct. You're on the left-hand side now, yeah? yeah. Yes. Um, again, again, this player could play uh, anywhere, left back, left side, right side, centre back, midfield, international player, uh, signed for £100,000 um, and went on to have a fantastic career. Marvin? I'm gonna, did he play for Preston as well? He did. You're getting too good, Marvin. You're getting too good. He knows it as well, I think. I, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking it's he's he Preston, but he's famous for another club in that region. Is that right? Is what? He's famous for playing for a, a, a much bigger club in that same part of England. Liverpool. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we got Mark, Mark Lawrenson. Yes. Laurel was a he, he was a he was just such a good footballer. It, it, it's funny. It's funny really because um, I'd just been playing tennis with Steve Piper, who, who, who passed away a couple of years ago who was a great friend of mine who played for Brighton uh, at, at that time and we'd just been over to play tennis over, over the road in Ove Park over the ground away over from the ground and we're coming back in to get a shower and Alan Murray just stopped us I've just signed the best centre half in the uh, in, from Division 3 today we got promotion then we were we were like in Division 2 and uh, we went 100 grand oh, a lot of money uh, I went Jim Cannon Palace, not though Palace would sell a player to, to Brighton, would they? Because of the yeah. <laughs> how, it, how it was and how it still is. And so, so I went through a few centre offs, couldn't get it. He went, Mark Lawrence. I said, Mark Lawrence. I said, What he tore him to bits? I said, We're beating five. We're beating five in one game. I said, You were signing like, like you're telling me he's the best centre off in the division. And he, he did. He became, he, he, he was just special. He, he and he didn't want to. He, he didn't want to train. He, he he didn't need to train almost. He's one of those freaks, really. That I, if I was playing eight v eight, and you know, if I'm picking an eight v eight on the Tuesday Tuesday morning or Thursday morning to play each other, Laura would be last pick because all he'd want to do is go, he'd want to go out on the wing and just stand there, get the ball. We used to say to him, Gaffer, why don't you just give him a ball on his own so he can have a little dribble up the up, the, up there. Up, up on the wing because he just he, he just he didn't want to know. But come Saturday, switch on. And there's not many players that can do that. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. I could not do that. I had to on match day 
start my warm up and build up. Laurel would have a, come in with a cup of tea on about half two and just, just, he couldn't do it now the way they warm up now, could he? He couldn't do it, Marvin, because no. he was, he was so laid back. I played with him, I played with him in midfield. Uh, we played at Nos Forest one night when they won the champ, the uh, European Cup. And he, he came and played with me in midfield and we beat them 1 0. We, we, they, they'd gone about 70 games or something unbeaten and he played in midfield with me and uh, great player and great lad I still keep in touch with Mark and um, he, he was special talent No, brilliant Brian, I, I always love asking the guests I mean, you mentioned it a little bit earlier on um, how and why um, football and you mentioned about you, uh, I mean, got released from Warsaw so I mean, just you know, you're touching about being like playing for the district and all that stuff about in your book what was it? I mean, where was it where it first began? Your love of football, and, and did you have? I mean, apart from Warsaw, did you have like options for other clubs as a kid? I was play. I was, um, I was playing, and it's a guy who was a school teacher. He wasn't my school teacher around Canuck Ensford area, but he run a he run a side called Canuck Athletic in the Warsaw Junior Youth League under 18s, and um, he'd seen me play, and he he used to coach kids from different schools not just his own school and he asked my mum and dad if I could go and go to his coach it was almost like a coaching clinic Marvin he was way ahead of his time a guy called Ron Wallace way way ahead of his time so he run this under 18 side and I I got in his team when I was 11 and it's under 18s yeah it it was just but they were bigger and stronger than me but uh, I'd got in that team and it was just um, so there wasn't like there is now school of excellences and people Mm -hmm. watching you and I was because he was a scout, also a scout for for Birmingham Ron Bullers. So he used to take us training school holidays. We used to go. I used to go with a player called Malcolm Beard, who was from Canuck, who played in Birmingham's first team uh, oh, hundreds of times. So we used to go with Malcolm train. Uh, so I'm about 13, 14 now, and I'm hoping Birmingham are going to take me. And 15, they made the decision they weren't taking me. So that was a bit of a blow. But then Warsaw came in and offered me a two-stroke, three-year apprenticeship. So I'd done. My second year, and I'd just broken in the side. I was very small. I was probably about five six, five seven. It's very small, slim, and and but I'd broken to the reserve side with with a lot of experienced professionals, and uh, I thought I'd get the last year. And come the summer, the manager told me that they weren't keeping me uh, for the third year. Absolutely devastated. Cried three buzzes back home, mm-hmm. crying all the way. I'm seventeen, thinking, what do I do now? And uh, one of my cousins got me a job on the building trade. I had no trade. I, d- I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to be a footballer. And you know, it's like you get that way, Marvin. There's, you yeah. know, that's that's the way it, you know you don't think or oh, I'll I'll get a maths GCSE or whatever and do that and go around. I just wanted to be a footballer. So um, I went to my non-league side, Ensford, seventeen. Got in the team and it's full of ex-pros, good standard in the West Midland League. Kidderminster areas were in there. Um, Tamworth were in there. Lots of lots of good teams. Yeah. Um, so um, that's when I, I played and, and, and earned my stripes, basically, with a lot of experienced professionals. And then 21, Gordon Lee came and took me back into Port Vale, um, luckily. So I think, it'd be, I think it'd been one more year. I don't think I'd have done any of this stuff that I'm saying in the book, you know, 700 games and 1,000 games. So that's yeah. how close the game may be. By the way... I was enjoying my time when I was playing non-league. I was getting good money on the building, self-employed. I'm playing Swensford Town three games a week and we're winning most of the games. I was like the George Best of Canuck and Ensford, you know what I mean? 
people say I'm having a great time, but so why really, why would it be why would it have been just one more year? Would yeah. you just jacked it in then, Brian? Or what what do you mean? Because I think I was probably enjoying myself too much, Marvin. You know what I mean? I'm right. twenty twenty-one, and I'm right. I'm thinking because because my dad, God bless him, uh, he 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 wouldn't have let me do it. He was a minor, he was a good footballer. If 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 I'd have gone out on Friday night when I was twenty twenty-one, he'd have gone berserk at me. You're playing tomorrow. He used to come on and watch, and he he was very strict almost to say you're not going out Friday night. Still at home then. Um, so. I think I think if I'd have got carried on one more year, two more years, I think the I don't think I'd have made yeah. it. To, to I think I'd have stayed in the league, but I don't think I'd have done more. I've done in professional football. Right. Wow, that's inc- and and then once you get to Port Vale, you then you then kick on from there. Um, or was it quite tough going from non-league to to kind of like the pro? I played one reserve game at Oswestry, and I never played another one. So I went in 1971, got in the team straight away and never played another reserve game in the so 71 to 76 and had some tragic news um, on Tuesday morning that Gordon Lee took me back into uh, to Port Vale, had passed away overnight. Uh, he went on to manage Blackburn, Everton, Newcastle and uh, I owe him everything I've ever done. Um, uh, so that was a major blow. So what Gordon did Port Vale had no money at that time. They'd just been fined by the FA over some illegal payments. And all he was doing was bringing non-league players in or yeah. free transfer players from other clubs. So spending no money, basically. But what he did, and I've, I've just done a couple of radio pieces over the last couple of days about what made him so special. Why was he so special? And um, he, he was just so honest. And his, his enthusiasm for the game and his passion for the game was unbelievable and he gave us so much belief in that way because because of his honesty because of the way he wanted us to play the way he wanted us to be and and he, he just he just was an absolute football fanatic that football nut really we wouldn't talk about you know footballers talk about all kinds of things don't they horse racing golf not with Gordon football 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 and he ironically worked for David Pleaton I spoke to David uh, over his passing uh, because he worked with David uh, for a little while at Leicester. And David said exactly the same thing. What a fantastic guy to work with, whatever. And again, same thing. Just talk football. That was it. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm very much the same. I mean, my wife, she'd say the same. Because we, we are football nuts, basically, aren't we? Right. We're getting that, in that mode and you are, you are that way. So he, he taught us the values of, of being... Being footballs now, look who we were, and not only fortunes, but we were, and nobody wanted to play us. We were tough. We were, we were strong. We were, we were well drilled. We were organised. That was four four two. Gordon always played four four two. So uh, yeah, oh, excellent, excellent, fantastic. So what we're going to do? We're going to pause for a short break for an ad from our sponsors, and then when we come back, we'll hear Miles' sixty second quick fire, and we will hear the rest of. Brian Horton's My Best 11. Welcome back to the second part of My Best 11 with Brian Horton. So far, Jake Finley, Kirk Stevens, Mal Donaghy, Steve Foster and Mark Lawrenson. I'm going to hand straight over to Marv for Marv's 60 seconds. Marvin. Okay, Brian. Favourite of a sport? Uh, golf. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. VAR or no VAR? 
No VAR, I think it's absolute rubbish. <laughs> Golden goal or penalty shootout? Golden goal. Bundesliga, La Liga or Syria? What was the first one, Mark? Bundesliga, Bundesliga, La Liga or Syria? Bundesliga. Fish and chips, pie and chips or pasta? Fish and chips. Beer, wine or spirit? Beer. Lager. Yeah, okay. If you wasn't a footballer, what would you have done? I would have liked to have been a golfer. I would have done it because I've been good enough for a golfer. That, for me, that's the that's that's an unbelievable sport. And uh, I just had my knee done, Marvin. I had a knee done. I know it's 60 oh. seconds. So, I'm, it, it, so I had it done in September. It's just getting now. So I can't wait for the weather to improve to get back on the golf course. I haven't played for about two years. Can't wait. Brilliant. Best ground you've played at? Uh, gosh. Is, is Valencia called Messiah? Yes, Messiah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Valencia. And is this the last one, Andrew? Or, I mean, I know you got two more. Oh, two more. Okay. Favorite holiday destination? Dubai. Right. Well, this question. I mean, I think I know because obviously who you've managed. Which team would suit your game more today, Liverpool or Manchester City? Man City, because Fernandino plays that role and now, uh, what's his name, uh, Rodri. I just watched them because that's the reason I played for David Fleet and played at Luton right. at Liverpool uh, City. So, uh, Man City. Man City, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic, fantastic. So, um, Man City, obviously, you do a lot of work for, um, being the ex-manager there. But you mentioned earlier on, obviously, being manager of um, Hull and Oxford. Do you think that it's important that you come through um, and work your way from the bottom rather than jump straight in um, to go. Obviously, Man City, when you manage them, were at top level in the Premier League. Do you think it's important to start from the bottom as such? Or not? I know Hull weren't bottom-bottom, but do you know what I mean? I think it's important that you you earn your stripes down below. Uh, obviously, some of the big names, they, they, they probably wouldn't want to go down there, so they, they're already looking at the big games. But um, I started doing my coaching badges when I was at Brighton when I was about 31 because I'd already made my mind up. I wanted to go into coaching and David Plate, obviously, when I left Brighton and went to that, he was the same thing, do your coaching stuff and, and what have you. So, uh, without shadow of a doubt, to work your way through. The, the game at the top level now, say, take Pep Guardiola, take Klopp. You know, they, they've, they've managed other clubs before they come to do what yeah. they're doing here. I know they manage big clubs, Barcelona uh, and Dortmund and, and, and Bayern Munich and stuff like that. But I think for the for the player, p- people in England, say for the 92 clubs, if, if they can go and do it in the division, uh, well, it's one and two now, isn't it? If they can go and do it, learn the, the problem is, the biggest problem is now patience. The, 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 the fans have got no patience. It's all on the media. It's out on, on FaceTime. It's out on everything. So... I, I wouldn't have liked that because you didn't have to answer to all those people, do you? But now you do. And and if you do, if you if some some guys are lucky if they get, you know, twelve months. I had three five years stints. So lucky to have three five years stints because you can start building something. You can build a youth policy, which I did at Oxford, uh, to Old City, did at Oxford, did it uh, even at Man City. I loved bringing players through the youth policy, where if they're good enough, obviously. But mm-hmm. but I think that stems from working hard with players low, lower down uh, and if, if you can if you can do that and and win things then I think it stands you in good stead yeah it's interesting because you because we spoke to a player called Warren Feeney 
um, a, a few months ago, and he's talking about Harry Kuehl and the way that Harry Kuehl's has jumped around a number of clubs, Notts County, Crawley. He's tried to do it at the bottom level, but there's a there's a belief that maybe his training standards are, uh, and he's used to playing um, and the skill level, they get a bit frustrated with the players going, why can't you do what I could do? Do you think that's something that you struggle with when you went into coaching or um, how did you handle that? Well, I was probably lucky, but I was probably lucky that, that I took over a good team at Hull. They just missed out on promotion the year before and uh, gone up to the manager left. And so I inherited a good team, like I said, a captain, Gareth Roberts, Billy Whitehurst, who went on to play at the top level, Steve McLaren, who went on to manage England, he was playing for, uh, you know, good defenders, real. So I was lucky to get in. Hull City is a big club, big, big yeah. city. So although it was in the third division, almost gone bankrupt, Don Robinson gave me the opportunity because David Pleat had recommended me. Apparently Jack Charlton had also thrown my name in, Malcolm Allison had. So I'd, I'd got good people recommending me. And, and when I had him interviewed, the interview lasted about four minutes, if that. He just he just said, I've heard all about you. I've looked at your thing. And he, he, luckily, I say look, <laughs> luckily, the chairman knew nothing about football at all. Nothing. Nothing. So he never interfered in five years in terms of picking a team, picking a player, selling a player. Because if I wanted to buy a player or sell a player, then he'd, he'd get involved because of the finances, which is quite right. But he, he put that trust in me. So very lucky, 34, to have a chairman that gave me that trust. As I say, he made me a, a director. I didn't want to be a director. I said, Don, I'm still playing. I'm a manager. I'm playing. He said, no, I want you to learn more about the business. I want you to learn about the football club and the finances. And I thought, okay, sounds a good idea. And I think that stood me it, that stood me in 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 a, in a great situation, really, because when I left Oxford and went to when I left Hull City and went to Oxford, Kevin Maxwell, who's my chairman there, again for five years, it was exactly the same. Now I'm dealing with Robert Maxwell, who owned Derby County and Oxford United. Ian's chairman of of, of Derby. Kevin's manager of Oxford United and Robert owns the lot. So I've got to be good at what I do to 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 survive at that level with those kind of people, if you know what I mean. And 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 Kevin was exactly the same. Trust you implicitly. You know that you know so sorry, Paul Simpson from Man City signed Jim Majilton from, from Liverpool, John Dern from Liverpool. And it, it wouldn't give me carte blanche because he knows that I was stupid, but I knew the boundaries, I knew where to go with signing on fees and salaries and stuff. So that's what I learned along the way. But that's what I'm saying to you, that people now get a sack after 12 months and don't come back. That's the biggest statistic in, 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 in English football, that the new breed of managers um, don't come back if, they, if they've got the sack. And that's a terrible stat. Yeah. Is that because they don't get a chance, do you think? Because it seems to me in a championship, it just goes around and around in circles. The same six managers just go round and round clubs. It does get a bit like that. It does get a bit like that. And so then would you would you say, uh, would a, a, a guy go from just playing to manage a champion? Well, Wayne Rooney has, hasn't he, sold, but that's a different name, isn't it? I mean, that, that's the name that gets... But, you know, would anybody from lesser di divisions get a job like that? Um, and it, it, the, the management is just getting crazy, you know, down below that the big well even at Man United and look how many times they've changed their manager over the last yeah. few years you can't keep doing that David Pleat found it David went from Runeaton took Kirk Stevens from Runeaton and and so he'd learn the hard, hard way because he'd have to retire uh, from being a footballer 
But he, he was a fantastic coach. One of the best coaches I've ever worked with or seen ever in my life. And a, and a proper football person. That's all we, we, as I say, we speak every week. And that's all we talk about football. Where have you been? What have you seen? Tells me players and da da da. And, and so he earned, he earned his stripes at Nuneaton, didn't he, before he goes into yeah. Luton? Yeah. And no, look, you're right. Look, yeah. look at the career he had. Totally right. Totally right. So we'll move on to midfield. Um, where do you want to go in the midfield, depending on if you're doing a diamond, flats, holders? What are you, what are you doing? Well, we'll say 4 4 2. Right. 4 4 my right. trick here is, well, I don't like it more, but uh, I'll go right-hand side. Yep. One of the best players I ever played with. Um, did most of my running, um, which most, probably at Brighton and Luton and Hull, probably players would say that anyway. So it doesn't matter. But this, this guy was an absolute pleasure to play with. He was an pr- absolute top fo- top footballer. I could say go on, Andrew, because you know, the guy I, Andrew, everyone's picked him. Yes. yes. Should be a sir, I reckon. Sir Ricky Hill. <laughs> he was that good. Is Ricky Hill? He, well, so Ricky, Ricky, yes, Ricky Hill. Ricky was an unbelievable player, and so unassuming. He, 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 he just had a presence about him. You know, he scored goals with his head and his quality and his strength. But Ricky was the one that was playing on the right hand side. Of me, where he used to say, "Right, Ricky, if the left back starts to come so far," David Cleet used to say, "Which is." Fantastic statement. He used to say to Kirk, Kirk, when does a left back score a goal from over the halfway line <laughs> or off from the halfway line? And it's fact, isn't it? So as soon as he started coming down the left, their left side, I pushed Ricky over. And Ricky had, uh, as you know, Ricky had fantastic energy, um, could run all day, great in the air, great. But I can just see him now with the way he used to, you know, shield people with his body and turn people and. Um, should have played for England a, a, a lot more times than, than he did, uh, and and a wonderful person. Yeah, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. He's, he's a glider. I always reckon he just seems, looks like he's gliding. His top half of his body never moves when he's running, from what I've seen. He just had everything. As I say, um, I saw a goal the other week. I actually made it because every now and again somebody comes on. Yeah, uh, on the tweet, and, and it was a goal we scored. I think it was against Man United at where we. Worked a little free kick where somebody went to take it, left it, bing, I chipped it around the back, just clipped it around, bang, Ricky scored with a fantastic header. And he was he was great in the air, Ricky. He had everything. He had everything. Yeah. And, and um, in my opinion, should have played higher level, should have played for England many times. We'll see some of the players that played for England around that time. They couldn't lace Ricky's boots, just couldn't. No, I agree. I agree. Who would you... Obviously, you watch so much football now. Who would you liken Ricky Hill to for some of the fans who never actually got a chance to see him play? It's pretty unique, Ricky, you know. I mean, mm. the Bruyne for me is the best midfield player, but he plays a different role to Ricky. Ricky played, he always played on the right-hand side, the right-hand side of me and right-hand side of whoever. Um, but as I say, he would make the four, then he'd, then he'd be three. Ricky did, I say, say to him, he did, he did all my running for three years, Ricky. I mean, I was just I just sat in centre midfield, just just passing the ball to him and Will Fischillo, they get it out to Mossy. And it, it, I literally, I used to say it was just great watching you guys play, you know, because they were, once it went up there, some of the football we produced at Luton was was top draw. Fantastic. Left midfield. Let's go to centre midfield. Oh, you go centre right. first. Right enter, enter, enter. Right, right side in inside of Ricky, right hand side. Yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, this guy. Played for England. He had energy to burn. Could again play in many positions. 
but I put him in there because he was he got goals from in 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 there. Could play right back, could play centre back, could play there, could play right right in Ricky's position. I think you might struggle with this one. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Um, it's the England international thing that's weirdly thrown me. I thought this one would get you. And then Sandy can play right back. Oh no 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 no! I'm just going to start throwing names out there. So it's not I, 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 did, he, did he did he play for Brighton? Yes. Did he manage Brighton? No. No. Did he also? This will this will define it if I've got it or not. Did he also play for Spurs? No. Were you going Chris Ramsey? No, he, Gary he Stevens. Managed in, he managed in the Premier League. I was going Gary Stevens. Um, no. He managed Gary, in the Premier League. Gary's one of the Gary's one of the others where where could play right back. Gary's another one that I could have put in centre back, right back. Right. Yeah, that's why. That's a good shout. That is to be fair. And and Gary. Um, uh, but no, he, he managed in the he managed in the Premiership as well. He managed in the Premier League. Yeah. See, I know it's a player, but I don't know where he played. I know he played in the field, but I don't know which part of the field that managed. The- uh, okay. I'm going to chuck it out there because we've got nothing no, else to lose. Have you have you already mentioned him already? No. no. Oh. Did he manage Villa? Yes. Oh, go on, Andrew. John Gregory. Yes. Yes, oh. Andrew Gregory. Add <laughs> that one out. He was. Uh, he, he he was a he was a good player, Greg. As he could play right back, centre back, centre midfield, right side midfield, and and I think he was possibly in my top two or three athletes. He could run all day. If we did a cross country at Brighton, he'd beat us by miles. He just had energy to burn. And again, I, I saw it on the other day. We had, we had to win our last three game, our last four games at Brighton to stay up. And uh, he scored one of the goals at Palace. And so that summer, Mullery resigned over selling Mark Lawrence into Liverpool because he wanted him to go to Man United and get a couple of players. So Mike Bailey came in. Uh, he went to QPR, I think, Gregors. Then Mark went to Liverpool. I went to Luton. Uh, Sully, uh, he just destroyed the whole team. But Gregors was uh, just could play anyway. And again, great lad. Again, the, the spirit we had... At Brighton around that time, you know, I've just said Fozzie and Loro and uh, and now Gregor's uh, just fantastic teams. But it was a great place to live, wasn't it? Because it, we we were like we were like in a goldfish bowl down there because we we're getting thirty odd thousand people in in in, in the Goldstone Ground, and it, we we were we were just flying, weren't we? You know, from from seventy sixth third division to the second, missed out on goal difference, then second to the first, and then stayed there that. Which I've just mentioned to had to win our last four, and then Muller resigns over that, and team gets broken up. You know, which is a bit of a shame. Fantastic. So you still go down Brighton Way a lot. Um, still, I know you mentioned you've been down there to to sign your book, but um, and you go and watch some games. Is Brighton one of those places you always try and get to? Yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's it's probably. I've lived in Manchester since I came to Manchester in '93. Because not fair, and moving the kids around, I had twins, and and it wasn't fair to keep moving them. But as a place to live, I I could I could probably even today still go back to Brighton to live. I love going down. The owner uh, Tony Bloom, who was doing a fantastic job with the football club at Brighton by building the stadium and the training the training ground is awesome. His granddad was my vice chairman there in 1976. Uh, Harry Bloom, he was he was the vice chairman. So. He blames me. He said, I blame you for getting me involved in football. Tony Bloom said to me not long ago. He said, because you, you're one of my favourite players and you got me involved in football and look what I've done now. I bought the club. So, <laughs> so 
but that time that time in Brighton was special special times and as I say the, the, the crowds they, they, when I signed for them in 76 said it's not why are you going now because the Crystal Palace were apparently going to come for me in the summer and blah blah blah, blah. you hear these things but it don't happen so when I went to Brighton people went why are you going there for it's not a football place you know six side like not a football place we got from 18,000 to 34,000 and, and and what they're doing now so oh, marvellous times and it, it, it when I left to come to David Pleat, there's not many because I could have stayed for another year. I got the year on my contract. I could have stayed and seen it out. But once I spoke to David Pleat, that was that was job done. I, I, I went I went to there and lived in Harpenden, which I loved at Luton. So great great things happened to me at, at the right times, you know. But yeah. um, so that 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 team with uh, so that that was a good crew there. Fozzy, Loro, uh, Gregus, good. Yeah, and and Gregory, as you say, Doug. Well, that was that was a name that is not many. I haven't heard. We haven't heard it much so far on this no. on this on, on the podcast. So fantastic. Who's next to Gregory on the left centre midfield? Uh, international player uh, came from a top club uh, to a club that was then probably in third division. So you probably know where I'm going. You're going to. Um, Wonderful left foot. So Gregory would be on the right hand side. He would now be inside my left winger, and again he could play left wing. He could play. This this lad was so talented. It was unbelievable. I don't I think know. I am I think I'm sure. With Between the two of us, I think we could. And you dug the one last one out. Um, oh, give us some clubs. Uh, no, I'm going to say Man City's not a club, is it? He played for. He, he got free from Man United. I'm giving you a bit of a clue, but that probably won't help you because you got got free because you never played at Man United. Oh, oh, you didn't play at Man United. Got free. Where? Uh, what nationality? Put in. What nationality? Welsh. Played for Wales. Yeah, and I'll give you a clue because you won't get. I don't even get this. He, on, go on, can you? He had a, he had a tash like Rivellino, curl black curly hair. Black curly hair. So I don't four. know nationalities. I know players, but I don't know nationalities. Wales. I'm trying to think. Anyone I can think no of Curly, no. You won't get it, mate. You, you, honestly, I don't get this, Marvin. He was he, he he played for the club for years and years and years, had a testimonial. Um which club? Brighton. Yeah. Which writes off Gareth Roberts. Then, then when we all left together, he went to Fulham. Yeah, he's probably he's probably yeah, a problem. He's probably right. You're probably right, Brian. You've probably done us. I can't I mean I can't think of a Welsh. No. Welsh. I, thought, I just checked the nationality of somebody who I, I thought of Neil McNabb as in my but he was Scottish. No, I, I, no, I didn't. Gordon Smith was Scottish. Um I was say Gareth Roberts. Yeah. I don't think he he would never have. Oh no, 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 it's not him. No, we're not got it. No, no go, on, them right. go on. Peter O'Sullivan. No, no, I didn't have it. Peter O'Sullivan. No, you're right. Do you remember? No, I don't remember. No, I don't know. I don't remember him. No, no. What was he, he like? Was, yeah, he was left footed, naturally left footed, and he had one of the best left left foot I've ever played with. He he, he had a free from Man United as a kid. Uh, they took him to Man United, and then he served him for, as I say, 10, 11 years. Got us testimonial, and he left the same time. I wouldn't have let him go again when I when I left. When the new manager came in, I wouldn't have let Sully go. Um, well, or John Gregory, Mark Mark was going to go obviously because Mark was going to go to Man United or Mark Lawrence was going to go to Man United Liverpool. Yeah. Sully was the left foot to die for. Absolutely incredible, incredible, great player, great lad. 
So if you put, obviously, Griggers and Peter O'Sullivan in there, which one was most like you as a player? Um, Gregors would be the one because he he, he he could play right back, centre back, and he he would be more defensive than Sully. It's yeah. quite an attacking side, and it's so far that I've got, yeah. which I always like to do anyway. But Sully would, he, he, he honestly, it was like a joy to watch him play. And as I said, he looked like Rivellino. He was always he was always immaculate. He always had absolutely suit after suit after suit, silk ties, and the oh. <laughs> Just a snappy dresser and black curly hair, swarthy, and this this little tash like Rivellino. And oh, what what a person as well! Great, great lad, great lad. Fantastic. So um, yourself, you mentioned obviously those two playing your position. Um, where and you said that when you came to Luton, completely slightly changed your. Position. Where was your favourite place to play in the park? Um, different because when I went to Port Vale from non-league, I started. I was playing on the left wing, so. 4-4-2 playing wide left, which I didn't really enjoy because I'm not involved. But then after a few games, I took over a lad called Johnny Green, who was a fantastic footballer coming to the end. So he'd move me inside slightly. And then when I went to Brighton, 4-4-2. And then Steve Piper, who I mentioned, God bless him. Um, Sully, he, uh, he would be the one that sat. Sully would play outside left, but he, obviously I've put him inside one because he can do that as well. But uh, Steve Piper would sit. He'd be the sitting midfield player. And I used to just bomb on and get goal after goal, you know, about 14, one season and, and and whatever, you know. So that was what I like to do to get forward. So, but when I'm getting like, which David Play proved right, 31, and probably got that energy or to, to, to do what I used to do when I'm like 27 to 31, because they say that's your peak. Uh, when he transformed me as a player to play that role, cool, dear me. I mean, it, it gave me three more years at Luton and then probably nearly two at, at all promotion in the first year at all city and then prolong it a little bit but just just some of those guys like i'm talking Sully, the three players in there i've mentioned so far ricky hill absolutely worked like a trojan didn't he uh, uh, john greggs was the same sully was the same and I, I i'd like to think i was the same when i'm playing inside and sully's playing wide left so that would be uh whoever on the right wing because we changed it a few times but me Steve Piper because that was generally it and then Sully on the left uh, and, and that was a team that got promotion missed out and got promotion nearly yeah. you know, with, with that with that crew of midfield players Fantastic so we're going to move to the actual left hand side proper let's see who's but, on the left wing Yeah he, he could he could <clears throat> score goals with both feet um, played I played against him in the old third division uh, quite a few times and he was outstanding when he was there and then they, the club bought him from there and he, he, again for me he, he could have played for England he, he could have easily top top player could have played at any level for me Was he good at taking Maybe. penalties? Not as good as me <laughs> If that's Swindon If that's Swindon <laughs> Mossy missed Yeah you've got him you've got him yeah. Mossy haven't you he, he, he missed a penalty. Uh, I speak to him all the time, and he missed a penalty at Stoke. I don't know if you remember the, 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 this this game, four four at Stoke. It was live on Midland TV. Yes, I remember. remember so I remember seeing it. I remember. I remember. I remember seeing the game. Good, great they, game. Their goalkeeper Fox got sent off. Derek Park in the fullback went in goal. I think we come back from about four one down. Anyway, it's four four. It was four four. We got a penalty in the last kick of the game like the 94th minute. So Mossy was on them. And what we used to do, 
because I wanted to take them. It's all taken a port Vale, Brighton, everywhere I've been. Uh, but so, he was a great penalty take. Anyway, he sent the keeper the wrong way. Derek Park in the fullback, who's in goal now. They didn't have sub keepers then, did they? So he's at the inside of the post, comes out, referee blows the whistle. So he comes in, typical Mossy, he goes, Right, that's it. I'll never take another penalty. He throws, he throws the wobbly. <laughs> he's just missed a penalty, but he throws the wobbly in. Do you know what I mean? I, go, I said to him, Mossy, you're dead, right? You're taking another penalty. I'm taking him from now on. Four, four. <laughs> I, still, I still remind him of, of that. So, uh, but great lad, again. The, the, the team spirit we had, and I took him to Man City, to Oxford, and uh, to Huddersfield with me on coaching, and we still speak today. Uh, just a fantastic footballer that should have should have uh, played for England, but there's a lot of like Waddle and people like that around, weren't they? You know what I mean? So lots of lots of people. Just a quick story on that one, because I think it was Brian Steen's testimonial, and uh, it was a Kenilworth Road, and. Bobby Robson had said today, Bobby Robson, manager of England, said, oh, we haven't got enough players. I'm struggling to... So they went, anybody play for England? And then I went, I'll play for England. Can I play? I'll never play. Mossy went, yeah, I'll play for England. He never played for England. And uh, so we played for England against Luton on that night. I can't remember the score. And I said to Bobby Robson, can we keep this? Can we keep the strip, please, boss? He went, no, we can't. Put it back in the basket. And I, I shouldn't have even asked him, should I? Should have just took it. <laughs> Mossy was the same. No, but he 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 couldn't. I'm not not me. There was miles better midfield players than me. Hoddle and people like that. God, um, but Mossy was a he he was an absolute. He'd be worth millions today, Mossy. Yeah. He would be worth millions and millions. Great lad as well, by the way. Great dry sense of humour. Um, just just that, that the team I'm telling you about. Both teams that I'm you know, and I could have put some other people in there, couldn't I? You know, I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to have lots of nasty phone calls over the next few weeks with people <laughs> for in. I mean, it's just, uh, but Mossy would be right in there first, but one of the first picks, without a doubt. Oh, definitely, definitely. And it's great you still have that camaraderie together and um, you're still catching up all the time. We hear about that. Let's say Basher was telling us the other day about about it and, and it, it's fantastic. It's absolutely great to see the players still keep in touch. We're going to move to strike force and up front. Where the big money is earned, rightly or wrongly so? Well, in a way, rightly. But you still need, like, Mossy to make goals for these guys yeah. up top. QL to be doing what he's doing to make goals, but they are, aren't they? Strikers are goals. You've seen what's happening with Man City now with Ireland and, you know, different people mentioned because that's that's what they love. They're the goal scorers and that's that's what they're, that's why they were absolute millions. Yes. Uh, so do you want me to go? It doesn't matter where I go. There's two up top. Uh, and I could have gone, oh, I could have gone four or five of the players up top, you know, uh, easy. So uh, the, the first one came from a lower division to join us wherever I was. Uh, young, very young, uh, very, very talented uh, centre forward, striker, whatever you call them. Marvin? Did he, I know, I'm going to throw a guess in. I mean, did he play for. Leeds as well? No. Oh, it's not Who's that you're thinking? Where the hell Who's are you going? Andy, Andy Ritchie. Andy would be right in there. Absolutely. Gordon Smith would be right up there. That, that's the names I'm having to not put in. Uh, well, okay. Michael, okay. Robinson, Michael Robinson, God bless him. Um, yeah. He, he'd be in. Um, um, Martin Shivers. Chiv only came to... Chiv, no. Oh, no. He's not... Yeah. Chiv, Chiv only... He came to Brighton. Um, probably only played about 10 games because he was right at the end of his career and uh, yeah. Alan Murray had played with him. so he brought him in as like a, 
a super sub, if you like. What a fantastic person for all he'd done in the game. You know, no big headedness about him, just just one of the group. Wasn't always in the team, but great in the dressing room. But no, good shout. Good no, shout. no. Close, but not close we, enough. I know, we've, we've, we've been, done us again. Went on. on to play the Premier League. The Premier League? Yeah. Where did Mark Steen come from? Mark Steen came through the ranks. I took I did Mark come. To, I know he played in the Premier League. The Chelsea and Stoke as yeah, well. Right. Yeah, I played with Mark. Yeah, he was just a young kid, so he played a couple of times. Yeah, I signed Mark at Oxford, same time as Fozzie. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. Oh. Which club did you play with him at? Pardon? Which club did you play with him at? Yeah. Luton. Where did Steve White come from? Who? Yeah. Steve, Steve uh, White. He didn't play in the Premier League, did he? Steve White? Who's his name? Who, Steve, who's Steve White. White. Steve White, he's no. saying. No, White he didn't. didn't play. White, they... they, they, they <laughs> I'm giving, I'm giving too many clues away. No, you're Wait, not. Listen, I can't believe we can't get it. Luton. And well, the only other player who I can think that played in the Premier League that you played with was Paul Walsh, but he came through the ranks of Luton. Walsh. Correct, you got him. He came from Charlton. Walshy. Yeah. Uh, that's what threw me. Charlton, right, yes. Walshy, yes. Good shout. He played He played for me at Man City in the Premier League. Yeah. That's right. Oh. Oh, great player. Fantastic player. Yeah. Sensational finisher. Oh, he, he, he was different class. I mean, we had some clashes with Walsh because when he came when he was a young boy, he never released the ball. You know, he'd, uh, he'd set the gaffer, I'm facing him, and, and he'd turn and lose the ball. And I used to go mad at him and go, Walsh, you just drop it off. And it, the gaffer used to go, Brian, he's a spinner. I don't, gaffer, I don't care if he's a spinner or not. He's just lost the ball. I, I wanted the ball. And I can see in front of me. And his dad, his dad God bless him, uh, Walsh's dad used to say to me after the game, you keep on to him, Brian, you're right. His dad, <laughs> not Pleaty, not with the gaffer. <laughs> gaffer used to stick up for him. <laughs> was was Walshy one of um, Pleaty's faves, like um, like Basher? Or should I say, we've heard the story of the fact he was only ever called Kirk, whereas everybody else was called Horton yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, what? Uh, probably, probably be Paul, wasn't it? Probably be, uh, yeah, Kirk. Kirk was the classic, one of it? Moss, Horton, Steen. Yeah, we did all the Give it to Kirk. Kirk, yeah. We, we, we still bring this up when we have our reunions, but the gaffer, the gaffer squirms when we do it, don't we go, Kirk? Yeah, he loved Kirk. Listen, the gaffer, the gaffer, let me tell you, had no favourites. He, he he loved Kirk. He's good, brilliant. And I think he used to do it on a purpose sometimes when he used to right. do that. And he'd go, Horton, Horton, pass it to Kirk. In front of everybody, go, hang on a minute. Yeah. I've got, uh, I'm, not Brian, I'm, the bloody, I'm the bloody captain. <laughs> I'm the captain, yeah. That's what he used to call me Orton, I suppose. <laughs> Fantastic. So Walshy's in there. Who is going to play next to Walshy? You said you've gone two... Are you going to go two similar type of players? Uh, very similar type of player. Um, natural goal scorer. Uh, decent in the air, to be fair to him. Um, and a pleasure to play with again. Just to talented footballer yeah. and that's what David liked I'm just giving a clue away and I am in a good did he score a famous goal in the 88 cup final which yeah, you may not it, as a Luton fan that means a lot to me I, I think he did I think he did yeah you've got, got him anyway go on Brian oh you go on go on Brian well you got the first name right Marv keep going I know <laughs> Brian Steen Bruno yes yeah, Steve. He would never forgive me, Steen. He would if I didn't put him in. Oh, gosh, <laughs> almighty. I mean, so 
th- th- this was the hardest choice, let me tell you, because you just mentioned some some boys, haven't yeah. you? Uh, Gordon Smith that could play up there. Um, it, that 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 was the the hardest choice. Uh, Peter Ward, Peter Ward at Brighton was mm. sensational. Wardy Wardy came from Burton Albion for, for next to nothing just before I went to Brighton in '76. Uh, he scored nearly forty goals in the one season when we got promotion, and uh, but he was like he was like Walshy. He was um, used to get onto him an awful lot because he was greedy at times. And I think Brian Clough took him to Notts Forest and. They they would knock that out of you as like well she went to Liverpool they would knock that out of you because they 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 wouldn't stand people losing the ball easily Marvin would they they wouldn't no no, so, no. so that's that's where and well she got better and when I signed him when I signed him at Man City wow um, as I said I'm doing quite a few of the Man City you know forums and stuff and watch clubs at the moment they absolutely love Walsh and they bring one game up when we beat Tottenham five and Tottenham would let him go and. He 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 was just awesome in that game. But him and him and Steenie together, they they just had it off together. They both could not big, were they? I mean, what was no. Brian? Five ten? Five ten? But yeah. they were just so <laughs> Brian was just naturally gifted. That was his brother Mark. I signed his brother Mark. Yeah. Mark was a, an outstanding footballer also. And then Brian, Brian comes to the reunions and he's he, he, you know, he's like he's so dry at times, then he with his <laughs> With his humour, do you know what I mean? You don't know if you're going to laugh or cry if you are seeing you sometimes. Do you know what I mean? But uh, but good good player, absolutely brilliant player. But Wardy, that was the hardest for me. That was probably the hardest thing. Walshy, Steeny, Wardy, Robinson, Richie, yeah. some good names, some good names. But I've gone for I've gone for Walshy and Steeny. Fantastic, Marvin. So I mean, who's going to be the manager? Um, who's going to like? Leave this eleven. Then um, obviously you, could, you can be an, a, a former manager. It could be maybe a, even a, a youth team coach or a school teacher or whoever. It want. Who who do you think is the best to lead this team around in your experience? I'm so lucky to to have had Gordon Lee, who, who I, I said the other day they took me back in from non league and passed away today. Just his honesty and the way he organises free transfers and non league players. But he left on to move on, went to Blackburn, Everton, Newcastle. So Gordon, uh, Alan Mullery, Peter Taylor signed me, made me captain straight away. We only played about 10 games for him at Brighton and then he, he went back with Brian Clough and then Alan Mullery took over. And and I I thought I, I could be on my way here because he was only about 34, he played for England, World Cups. I thought, wow, this is my position. I could be in jeopardy here. Mm-hmm. And then he came in, saw us play and he retired and um, he made me captain. And what he used to say to me was unbelievable because I was like him, very much like him. And he used to go berserk after games if we lost. You know, David was more calm and uh, and so was Gordon Lee. But Alan was so volatile. He'd throw things and shout things and call you things. And he was just that way. But he brought players in to fit teams, not all always coaching. So Mullers is up there. I speak to him still all the time as well now. So we've got Gordon Lee, Alan Mullery. Well, I've got to go for David. David taught me so many things, changed my role, changed the way that I'd been coached all through my career because he's an absolute genius as a coach. Fantastic football person. So I've got to go with, with the gaffer, with David Plate. And that's a hard one. That's a hard one out of three. Interesting, interesting. Um, and would you say that you're, obviously you mentioned those three, um, you picked little bits. What, what kind of bits did you pick from? Um, each of those three managers when you went into management yourself? 
Well, I was, I was a little bit, uh, as a manager for the organisation, Gordon Lee, because he was so stringent with his organisation and the stuff that he did. He was aware of his time for me. And that's why he went on to manage the teams that he did. Um, you know, coaching players that sometimes can't always do what you want to do because they're coming from non-league or getting free transfers. But that's what he had to do and build a team that way where Alan did have a lot of money to spend at, at Brighton, which he did. And that's what he used to say. I'll tell you once, I'll tell you twice, third time you've gone. And it, it was literally like that at times. He wouldn't, he wouldn't stand if he weren't performing. And, but he always said to me as a captain, if you're out on the pitch, if you want to change the system, if you want to make a change, you make it and I will back you 100%, no matter what the result is at the end. So if you want to change something, you change it. And, and as I say, he wasn't a fantastic tactical coach by any means, but he was just such a, a winner. He was an absolute, because he was, that's what he was yeah. when he played for England in the World Cup and everything. So that side of Alan, I learned a lot off. Um, and I probably was not quite maybe as volatile as him, but I was volatile. If people will tell you I was, and I couldn't, I couldn't get away. Like, I can't stand losing. I still can't. Um, my dad used, my dad said to me one time, and my dad was a miner and great respect. And, and he used to say to me, you're the worst loser I've ever seen in a life, Brian. I said, why, why dad? What do you mean? And he went, because when you win, you shake everybody's hand. He said, but when you lose, you just run off the pitch. And I said to him, Dad, well, they've just beat me, so why do I want to shake hands? I know it's not a nice thing to say, is it? You know, because it's not a good sportsman's thing. But I can't, I can't help being that way. And where David Cleet wasn't like that at all. He, I remember we, we got beat six at Liverpool one day and he sat us down and he went, well done today. And I'm thinking, if this is Alan Mulroy, the boots would be flying and everything would be going, the cup of tea and everything would be going here. And uh, he said, well done, you played some good football out there today. And I'm thinking, we just got beat six. I'm thinking to myself, you know, and he said, uh, nobody could have lived with them today. He got Doug Leach and Sue Ness and Rush and Lawrence and Anson and got through the team. They were an awesome team. And, you know, rather than being, you know, beaten up by the manager, he, he just gave us, gave us, you know, probably a bit of confidence by not having to go at us. And But that's the way David was. But second to number coaching, I learned so much off him that I hadn't done some of the things. I'm 31. And I hadn't done some of the things that I'm learning off David Pleat. I'd never done them in training or the matches and stuff he had us doing. Um, so I took try to take that part of him. In first of all, when I'm a player manager and I'm coaching, I've, I've got to do that because I ain't got the money that Alan Murray had at all. City to buy just you know dismiss players and buy players. I've got to coach them. Luckily, we got promotion the first year. We had a good team, so it makes it easier for the manager, doesn't it? And as well as I'm playing. Um, that it makes it easier, but learned a lot of all three of them. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I just want to touch on what you just it just reminded me of something there as well, Brian. When when I had um, the gaffer um, for a while when I was got into the team, is that one of the biggest things I remember going in what I take into coaching is that I remember David Plea. He never, I mean, very rarely mentioned about. Well, obviously, we knew we'd be playing, obviously, maybe a Liverpool or a Man United or whatever. But he never turned around and said, they've got this player or that player. He used to say what we were good at, keep the ball moving, right? keep the ball to feed, so-so, you do this. He never really mentioned, oh, be careful. of. He didn't give us that fear. And that's what I loved about him. I thought, you know what, that's so, you know, it's so shrewd of him to, pro he probably did on Burberry. He knew we were playing, obviously, against the likes of the Liverpools and the Man United, but he didn't mention, like, rush up front or whatever, anything like that. No, 
No, he, he, he didn't. Uh, I remember one game and it was, it was leading up to that Man City game where we were playing. We lost to Everton on the Saturday and, and we still think we're OK. We've got beat five, but they had a good side. Mossy scored first. And we, we're down there, but not really involved in the relegation battle, Marvin. So we got beat five, one at home. We can't throw it on Saturday. Monday, he came to me and said, we're playing Man United on a Monday night. And he said, I'm going to put Ray Daniels and Gary Parker next to you at Old Trafford on a Monday night. And I went, what do you mean, Gaffer? I said, they, they've got uh, Remy Moses, uh, Ray Wilkins and, and, and Brian Robson. So you're going to put the two kids with me on, in, in there? He said, yeah, we're safe. We, 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 we're OK. Just go and enjoy. Played well. And I, I signed them both to All City eventually years after. Yeah. We got beat anyway, so it was fine. Then every result went against us on the Tuesday night. Every single result, if you remember. And now we've got to go to Man City and win on, on that Saturday where, where he skipped onto the pitch, didn't he, and kissed me yeah. on the cheek. Said, kissed me on the cheek. He said, you can go anywhere you want, Brian. I said, no, I can't. And my contract up, Gaffer. My contract is up. That doesn't happen anymore. That doesn't happen anymore. Uh, it's, it, it's funny you, you mentioned that. It's because like we had, we had Wayne Wayne Turner on, and, and he said he speaks about that game. He says when the Gaffer come onto the pitch, and he's thinking he's going to like give Wayne and like a, he's pushed him out of the way to come to you to give you a kiss. <laughs> we always remind Wayne of that when we were all together. He goes, "Just push you aside." <laughs> He, he skipped on the pitch. I mean, they still show it on lots of the stuff yeah. today. And, uh, uh, obviously, you know, we stayed up and then he taught me into staying for another year and then helped me get the job. And he, he, he was for three years there. I learned so much off him and David Coates, John Sheridan, the physio, Trevor Hartley, uh, John Moore. Top top coaches, weren't they? The coach, yeah. coaching kids and coaching the reserves. It was, it, it was a fantastically well-run club. David had it spot on right yeah. through from the first team right down to the to the youth policy 100 no, definitely. definitely and um just so people know see we've mentioned the book already um you've just worked through that and you only you said you only finished working um or in football a few years ago what are you up to these days nothing really no i was 73 a couple of weeks ago i've had an unbelievable career in football um, so just enjoying my life. I'm, I'm enjoying doing what I'm doing, but obviously that won't go on for, for, for that much longer. But I'm enjoying doing it because the Man City fans, you know, absolutely for for whatever reason, I have 20 months there. They love my football, which is great, isn't it? I loved your football, yeah. and and I'm getting great joy of doing. I've got about five or six lined up, and then there's loads more to do. Probably maybe next season or end of May. So I'm just doing that, choosing my old games, got a couple of grandchildren, three grandchildren now, and I'm just basically enjoying my life and can't wait to go on the golf course again so I can get away from my missus. <laughs> Did she say that or you say that? Yeah, she say that. <laughs> Fantastic. And the book's available in all good bookshops and Amazon and places like that, is it? Yeah, Amazon, uh, Waterstones. Yeah, you can get it on there, yeah. And apparently it's going, going because obviously the pandemic kicked in and, and the bookshops weren't open and everything started. So uh, the pitch publishing have done great. Uh, a, a girl called Laura Wolfers, uh, she's sort of done a lot of the advertising for it and got me on, on uh, you know, to doing interviews in the national papers and promoting it and everything. So it's it, apparently it's going quite well. But it, it was, as you said before, it, it, was, it, it was just of my career, of my life rather than... Being a massive money spinner, you know what I mean? It's nice to earn a few bob out of it. Of course it is. But the, the main reason I did it, I, I, basically a little bit for myself, and well, it's there. That's there forever now, isn't it? You know I mean? Right. You know, people, um, 
people ring me up and said, I'm taking your book. And Mick Moore, who's the groundsman at, at, at Oxford United, he got spoke to him the other day and he went, taking your book on holiday, I'm going to read it on holiday. I went, oh, well, that'll send you to sleep for you. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just, Brilliant. It, it, was, it was just enjoyable to do, basically. And, yes. and you know, been, go through some of the people that I've worked for in football and it's given me, a, and my family, it's given me a wonderful life. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, I want to say on behalf of myself and Marv, thank you so yeah. much for your time. Um, thank you, Brian. Yeah. Fantastic to hear from you. And that was Brian Horton's My Best Eleven. <laughs> <laughs>